You're listening to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. With over 1.5 million downloads, this is the place to be for all your short-term rental knowledge as part of the Vacation Rental Formula Business School. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship of Price Labs, who will help increase your revenue and occupancy with their dynamic pricing and revenue management tools. Price Labs have just launched their 2023 breakthrough release of the next generation of revenue management. This brand new cutting edge solution leverages hyper local data to optimize rates and increase your revenue like never before. Visit the link in the description of this episode for more information. Without further delay, here's your host, Heather Bayer. Back in the summer, the digital guide platform Touchday commissioned a survey to ask guests about their communication preferences. Some of the results were surprising and may have you rethinking your workflow to improve your guest experience strategies. In today's episode, I'm joined by Touchday's founder, Andy McNulty, to talk about the survey. So stay tuned for this great discussion. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm super excited to be back with you once again from a less than sunny Gulf Shores today. And I'll be touching on that in a few moments. You know how I love talking about the weather and I get to actually talk about it in my introduction to this podcast today. So I've talked in previous podcasts about being really frustrated by a lack of communication from both hosts and managers in the period between booking and stay. And I've experienced this many times, certainly over the last year when I've stayed in multiple vacation rentals and just not got information that I was expecting or had hoped for. And, you know, years ago, when I was writing regular posts on Cottage Blogger, I was talking mainly about our local business in Ontario. And I made a suggestion on a post that owners should provide more information for guests before they stayed. And I made a few suggestions, for example, creating a list of things to do and places to go on a rainy day. And I got really enthusiastic about this because it would be something I would like if I was heading out on a vacation with my family and the forecast wasn't good. And in fact, as I write this, the forecast for the next few days in Gulf Shores is for cloud and rain. It may not happen, but it's prompted messages on local Facebook groups that are focusing on what families can do on a rainy weekend when they'd only planned for beach time. So when I wrote that post... I got a response from an owner sharing her displeasure, and I do remember this well, that I'd suggest such a thing. Why should I be responsible for finding things for my renters to do? They can easily source that for themselves if they need ideas. That was 12 years ago, and you can tell that because she used the word renters, and I don't think anybody uses that word now. We're all using guests, as we should. But it was her attitude that really got me. And I just hope that attitude is no longer prevalent. But in the results from the 2023 guest communication study that's just been published by Touchday, 
It seems there's still a lot of work to do to get owners and managers increasing their communication with guests. And this study shows that guests want to get more information. So today I'm joined by Andy McNulty, the founder of Touchday, to talk about all the survey results and what they mean for those who want to make the experience for their guests even better. So let's go straight on over to the interview with Andy to hear all about it. So I am super happy to have with me once again Andy McNulty from Touchday. It's always a pleasure to talk to Andy. When I think back to all the years I've been in this business, I think Andy's been this, he's been there forever. When did you start Getaway Earth, Andy? Can you remember? Oh, Heather, you always test me this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to say 2008. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's, it's way back then because we were all on the Lay My Hat forum at that That's time right. yeah from about i'd forgotten about lay my hat <laughs> yes yeah that, that was, was the original that was right it was your sort of original owner's place to hang out and particularly for the uk and and european owners and yeah that's uh, i think that's where we first met and then you started getaway earth and then there was guest hook and then there was touch day and and we've remained friends since and so you are you are my stabling influence i think in this infantry that's, that's and he's always there <laughs> that's good I, i'll take stabling influence i mean yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's some other phrases I could come up with. So I'll take that one. Thank you. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so, you know, we've sort of been around a while and I, I've loved, as, as everybody who listens to this knows, I love what you guys do with, with Touch Day because I mention it all the time. And, and this is why those of you listening out there, you'll probably never see or hear Touch Day being a sponsor of this podcast because... <laughs> It <laughs> doesn't need to, really. <laughs> You're not giving us an incentive, are you? <laughs> not really, not really. But, I, you know, I love the product. And just recently, um, Touch Day published their 2023 and the first guest communication study. And the study was about what influences guest satisfaction, reviews and spend. And I was fascinated to read all this and wanted to talk to you, Andy, about, you know, how this survey came about, what was the reason for it, and, of course, to talk about the results. So, you know, thanks so much for joining me yet again. Oh, I, I, I love being here, of course. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Any, any opportunity to come and chat and... Uh, yeah, it's. I, I like to talk, so yeah. Anyway, you need to keep me focused. So yeah, ask ask me questions. Okay. So so, what inspired you? What inspired Touchday to commission this survey? Because I know doing a survey like this is is no mean feat. It takes a lot to get it set up, to get it organised, to get all the results in, and then even more to actually analyse the results. So you know, what made you do it? Two reasons. The the first is because. I think we all use guest experience, that phrase, very casually now to describe what is really quite a complicated thing. You know, and that's why we use that simple phrase, because nobody really actually knows what guest experience is. And I have always, always wanted to know what a guest thinks and not just an isolated guest, but what a guest thinks and then aggregate that so that then you have an understanding of what guests, plural, in their thousands think so that we can all stop 
you know, assuming that we know what guest experience is and talking about it. And it's basically just opinion. So like, can we make it more objective? So that was the first reason. And the other one was was um, just something really simple. At last year's Vacation Rental World Summit, so 2022's in Porto, there was a keynote and it was either AirDNA or Key Data. I can't remember. I think it was AirDNA. And it was the first session and they stood up and they talked about RevPAR and occupancy and, and all of that good you know, pricing data stuff. And Antonio had a Slido poll, which he encouraged the audience to submit questions on and upvote those questions so that at the end of the presentation, he could pick the two or three most popular questions and ask the presenter what the answer was. Well, the top upvoted question was, can you tell me whether my guests arrive or, or whether they would like self-check-in? And I thought to myself, wow, we've just listened to pricing and, and RevPAR and occupancy. And actually, what you really want to know is what do my guests think of what I'm doing? And I, I was on one table in, in the audience and Tyanne was on another table. And I picked my phone up and I sent her a WhatsApp and I said, Tyanne, we need to be on that stage next year answering that question. So that was really the catalyst for it. So I wanted to find out what guest experience meant. And then this was the kind of the nudge to say, well, let, let's go and do it. So you know, we, we basically said, well, how are we going to do it? And shall we ask, you know, our audience? Should we ask our audience to ask their guests? Should we, should we just ask our audience what they think? And we, and we realized pretty quickly that that was going to have a certain bias to it. Because if we ask industry people, then they're going to give industry answers. And if we ask, you know, our friends, they're going to give it, you know, so basically we had to get an independent survey organizer, which we picked YouGov to run this survey and to go out there with our bias and to ask vacation rental guests in the US those specific questions. We picked the US, honestly, because it was a money factor. It was expensive. It was an expensive survey to, to generate. And we decided we would be better focusing on one region rather than trying to pick a global audience. I mean, we might tackle that audience a bit differently going forward and try to get see if there's some correlation across different geographies so we surveyed those 2024 guests through yougov in the us no surprise that 41 percent of those guests were 55 plus i mean that tends to be the demographic of the vacation rental guest but nonetheless there were 63 percent that were 35 and over and there were a smattering of, of younger audience too but really those are not the ones that are necessarily buying yet it's their parents or their grandparents that are, that are paying the trip and they're, they're going along so yeah so that that was the reason and that's how we started it you mentioned vacation rental guests were they picked for destinations vacation rental destinations were there any urban markets in there um just no so so we didn't we didn't put any filters like that on we just wanted to know are you a vacation rental guest that that was a qualifier in it i don't quite know how you got asked that mm -hmm. but that that was that was a requirement for us only to ask vacation rental guests uh, but we didn't worry about you know the different market they were in or the different geography yet okay so you got these 2024 responses when you went to do the analysis what were the key findings let's just uh, let's just have an overview of of the main findings and then we, we're going to drill down a little bit more into uh, into some of them yeah I, we asked about 15 to 20 questions and the nice thing about doing it through a professional organization like YouGov is that you can map the answers so you don't have to look at just the answer to that question you could say well those people that answered that question how did they respond to a linked question further on so you could really mm -hmm. build a story and, and that was deliberate we wanted to be able to 
correlate the data. But the key findings, and if anyone wants to, to download this, they can go ahead and download it from our website and hopefully have you could pop a, a link in the of course in, in the chat yeah but when you go and do that there is a summary page so there's a lot of information but we've tried to synthesize it and tell a story and do some summary so it's just to give you some highlights two-thirds of those guests surveyed received only one to two communications or no communications at all so this kind of made me sort of stop but at the same time I didn't think it was that surprising because I think when we come to, to think about communicating to guests, we tend to take the opinion that maybe they don't read or that there's no value in communicating more. So let's just give them in, you know, in one or two communications or worse, not at all, the information they need. Mm-hmm. So that's two-thirds of guests. 69%, interestingly, said that communication influenced their likelihood to leave a positive review. And that's something we've always intuitively thought, but it's nice to see it borne out in the data. So basically seven out of, seven out of 10 guests do really value communication and good communication could result in them leaving a positive review. Interestingly, that question we answered, that one that, that I mentioned was on the Vacation Rental World Summit last year. So 67% of guests wanted self-check-in. 44% of them said they wanted to be communicated during their midstay process by text. So when we talk about midstay, we, we segmented it be- between post-booking, sort of pre-arrival, then whilst you're staying, and then after stay. And we, and we wanted to know what methods of communication the guests preferred. So 44% wanted text midstay. That was the largest proportion. And it flipped completely. So before stay, so post-booking, most people wanted email. So it flips. So you, before you arrive, you want email. Then during your stay, you want a text. And then it flips back to email again post-stay. So again, we thought that was helpful because there's there's often a, a thing where, you know, the, it must be text all the time mm-hmm. now. Well, no, it's the, people are going to ignore texts that have important stuff after they've booked before they arrive, but they're much more likely to consume it while they're there. So that then tells you, well, okay, let's flip to text communication during their stay, which makes sense. Yeah. You know? But the one thing that kind of really stood out for me in all this was that less than half of guests felt what we termed very well looked after. And very well looked after was a phrase that I was keen to use because it's a signal for for me of good hospitality. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants their guests to feel that they've had an okay stay. You know, what's that? I mean, that's a Hilton. That's a, you know, that's a Marriott. Well, maybe it's not Marriott. I should take that back. But, but uh, maybe it's a, a Premier Inn in the UK or it's a, it's a, you know, it's a La Quinta in the US. I don't know. But you don't want in the vacation rental industry for less than half of guests to feel very well looked after. That was a pretty shocking one for me. So those are some of the highlights. Yeah, really, really interesting. I want to sort of go back on this one to two or no communications at all from from the host. And I know that you use vacation rentals a lot and you always have. This is where your your foundation in this business came from was your experience of of being a guest. And and I'm a guest at a lot of vacation rentals too. I've will go along with this. Certainly for the last eight or ten stays I've had, I've had no more than one or two communications. And on many of the occasions, I've felt that, no, I have not been well looked after because I've, I've given all sorts of breadcrumbs along the way about the reason for my trip and the fact that perhaps I was travelling alone 
I remember going to you know Barcelona a year or so back, traveling alone, and I mentioned this, and I think that would have been such a great opportunity for more information to come about you know being a single traveler and safety and all sorts of things that that came to me to mind as a traveler but were completely ignored by the host or manager what's what's your experience yeah i think that like you said i've always been a guest i've always taken a view on whenever i approach anything in this industry whether it's touch day or anything that i speak about as from the guest perspective because i think it's it's important you know in 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 the world where we're all surrounded by how we make our our properties operationally efficient and our businesses operationally efficient and the dynamic pricing tools and making more money so we, we kind of don't talk as much about what it really means to the guest and and i think when when you communicate only a couple of times you end up communicating the bare essentials because what more can you communicate in in you know one or two messages you you can't you know so what do you do if you're only going to communicate one or two times to the guest you just just the bare essentials and you know a lot of the really good stuff and, and the really really important stuff can get overlooked because you're communicating like what what do i i'm only i'm only sending one or two so i've got to get everything that i, that I you know really they you know and it doesn't make for a, for a great experience and I just do a slight aside. So um, Hillary and I, my, my wife Hillary, for those of you who don't know, Hillary and I, it's our 25th wedding anniversary this year. In fact, it was um, on Tuesday night. And um, But we decided to take a trip to Greece a few weeks ago to celebrate the 25th, but mainly because we still wanted some sun. We didn't, <laughs> didn't want to leave it till November, so we wanted some sunshine. But we, we stayed, Heather, not in vacation rentals on our 25th wedding anniversary, but at a nice hotel, a nice resort in, in Greece. And I came back from that with, dare I say, a, a slightly different view on hotels. And they did it so exceptionally well. And the, the, the stuff they did wasn't rocket science. The stuff they did was about connecting with us as humans. So you know, when we arrived, of course, a hotel can do things differently. But my point is going to be that you can also do this yourself if you think a bit more about it as a vacation rental professional. But you know, they 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 knew us, so they greeted us personally when we arrived. They knew who we were. They gave us an orientation when we arrived. They knew they made us feel comfortable. Um, they knew it was our twenty fifth wedding anniversary, so they gave a few surprises during the stay. Again, you know, not hard necessarily to do and glean that information. And we did come away with it feeling like we were treated really, really, really well. And that's what I meant earlier about we felt very well looked after. And I think that our industry is uniquely positioned to make that something that every guest can feel. Let's aspire to that. I mean, we're not going to achieve every guest, but we should aspire to it. I mean, if a hotel can do it, hotel we stayed at, the one we stayed at, had a thousand guests, you know, Mm -hmm. while we were there. And, And they managed, they managed to do it. And, there are ways that this can be done electronically, but we're not trying hard enough with one or two communications. We're never going to get that very well looked after to feeling. Uh, first of all, happy anniversary. Thank you. Glad you had a good vacation and uh, you know, congratulations for achieving that milestone. And this whole thing about the hotel looking after you when they've got a thousand guests really, you know, comes back on this argument that, that I hear a lot from people. Well, you know, we've got, we've got 50 properties, we've got a hundred properties. It's really difficult to scale this. And I just do not think it is anymore. I mean, certainly when you're now with, with so much AI available, I think it's so much easier. And I'm just going to give you a, a, just another story of mine 
and going back to another conference, went to VRWS in Como a couple of years ago. Do you remember that one? Great conference. Mm -hmm. And as a child, I used to go to a small campsite no more than 10 miles from Como. And, and when I had my own children, I took them back to that same campsite. So over the years, we, you know, the two generations went to this same tiny, tiny little campground on a tiny, tiny lake. And so when I booked my accommodation, this was sort of 20 years on, 30 years on from, from the last time I'd been there. And I wanted to go revisit and I'd mentioned it to the manager. You know, I had no idea whether it had been developed or what it was going to be like. And I heard absolutely nothing. And I think, I mean, we, we, we did all the organisation to go back to find this place and find that it really was, you know, you, you should never go revisit these places because it's never as good as it was. <laughs> yeah. But I think I they imagine. missed a real opportunity there. You know, as, as I was saying, of dropping breadcrumbs, your guests drop breadcrumbs all the time about their reasons for going places and, you know, their reasons for a trip. And though, if you've listened to those breadcrumbs and used them to create those experiences, then you've just got so many more opportunities. And, and you just said it all about that, your, your trip on your anniversary and being recognised and being, having that really human connection. Yeah, and I, 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 it, it really comes down to that human connection is a phrase, but what's that? That's communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what it, that's what it comes down to. Um, and just just to pull out a stat from the report, which illustrates this perfectly, the level of satisfaction, in other words, satisfaction is a bad phrase. Let, let's call it what it is, which is the, the number of people who felt very well looked after was only forty percent when your one to two communications. As soon as you go up to three to five communications, you're at 60% of people feel very well looked after. So that is not a stretch for anybody to move Mm -hmm. from one to two to three to five. And if it is a stretch, go take a long, hard look at yourself and figure out whether or not you should be in the hospitality business because it's not hard to communicate three to five times to a guest. And, you know, what a surprise that resulted in that group feeling very well looked after. So small iteration, small change to the process, which is all about the number of times you communicate, fosters that feeling of being very well looked after. So it, it is simply about, about communication. When I was at Verma last week, uh, two weeks ago, and I sat on a, a, a panel and we were talking about what's new in guest experience, which we did in Kansas City as well in, in the, the session before, and I had next to me a property manager from Anna Maria, a guy called Adrian Johnson of Seabreeze Vacation Rentals. And we didn't know anything about this communication study we'd done, and uh, we hadn't released the results at all. But he talked about the number of times he communicates with guests. And as he, as he spoke about, he said, I, you know, we do, we do some emailing, and then we, we sometimes call them when they arrive. And anyway, all these different points he talked about, they added up to six and I said to him, it's interesting, Adrian, that you have guests who feel who, who leave the, the most amazing reviews and guests who are very, very quiet on um, bothering you during the vacation. You know, they're, they're, they're very, they're very, they're not needy at all. And, and you've done that because you've communicated six times which is not far off the three to five I mentioned. By the way, if you go to six or more communications, the satisfaction increases a little bit, but not markedly beyond the three to five. So you can communicate more and get a little bit out of it. 
he, so he didn't know anything about the study, but he clearly touched that guest six times. And he's now got very satisfied guests who leave great reviews who do not bother him at all during their stay. And I thought that was that was a great endorsement of of how somebody of his size, he, he's got you know a lot of properties. He's a big property manager. Uh, he can do that. You know, he can do that at scale. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about you know the three to five times. I mean, I know people are probably out there thinking, well, what am I going to say to them? What <laughs> what's in this communication? So what can they do to increase the quality of information they're providing? If in those you know one to two times they're thanking them for booking and sending them their information prior to the stay, what goes in the middle? Um, well, it very much depends on your business, but I, I, you know, I, I, inside the report, there's some, there's some signposting and there's some clues. Particularly, there's there's a there's a great section on what guests want to hear from hosts, and we looked at um, arrival info, restaurants, activities and attractions, grocery deliveries, access info, you know, upselling stuff, and if when you look through that section, you are still stuck, then then there's a problem very clear things the guests have signposted they want to hear. So let's start with what do you what do you communicate right afterwards? Feel free to keep that factual, right? Feel free to make that the time where you kind of introduce yourself and um, you know thanks for your booking, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's the one communication. And 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 then you've got the latter communications right up close to their stay, which is always about the arrival and the access information. And there's some good data inside the report which shows that. So there's another one of your communications. Maybe you want to do that twice because that's so important, that that access and pre-arrival stage that may be closer to their stay and maybe even on the day of, of, of the, the, the start date as well, you want to communicate something. So let's call that two times you communicate access instructions and one after bookings. So there's three. So you've got two to three other moments during there in order to get to up to sort of that five or six communication level where you can start talking about things that are really going to be valuable to the guest and valuable to you too. If you're communicating just one or two times and you're only including those essential information, you're missing out on those opportunities to, to, to wow the guest with things that will get you more money. You know, what other things can you talk to them about that you could upsell them? What other things can you talk to them about that are really unique in your area that will give them that really, really great feeling that they are being very well looked after. And it's not hard two or three extra times. So what else could you include? Maybe you're in a destination where there are great restaurants and you know those restaurants get booked up in advance. So, well, there you go. So maybe two or three weeks prior to arrival, maybe even a month prior, you send that message which says, restaurants get booked up. We've got some great recommendations. These are the ones you should go to, but you do need to book them now. Guests will be receptive to that if you've set that scene on that post-booking email, which is a nice introductory and maybe even maybe even suggest to them in that introductory email after booking that you will they will hear from you a few more times before they stay with really valuable information. You'd be surprised, well, the data says it, how much the guest appreciates that. So those are some of the things. I mean, I won't go into the, all the details, but there's a lot in the report with, with specifically when guests mm-hmm. want to hear from from hosts and what they want to hear. I know when I've when I've been to places and we went to Costa Rica, my sister and I, a couple of years ago, and we wanted to do trips. We wanted to do some whale watching and we wanted to do some zip lining and all these things did have to be booked in advance because I'd I'd experienced this on a previous occasion when we'd arrived and wanted to do some trips and we couldn't because they're all booked up 
and we hadn't got that information prior. So, you know, it's, it's, it's things like that. And it's only the people that are you, know, you, the owners, the managers who are in that location that absolutely know if a restaurant's going to be booked up or if exactly uh, or if activities need to be booked in advance. So yes, I can I can see where that really comes in handy. I, I've got to mention. I remember Tyann standing up, and I think it was at the Book Direct show in Miami last year, and she was talking about communication and talking about communicating over twenty times with Mm -hmm. the guest group. However, I should, that caveat to that is that in that location in Branson, these are massive family reunion groups that come. And and Tyann's very much aware that the person organising these these events needs help in that organisation. And that's where the multiple communications come in because she's helping them organise meals for 36 people and things like that. So, you know, it it really does depend. It's only you, the operator, that knows your guests and and what their needs are. Exactly. And and I think her flow also includes some some things afterwards as well, which I'd really focus there on on the the sort of the pre-stay. But you're right that you know you you can you can elaborate once you've got the guest happy and satisfied and they feel you know with a good relationship with you you're communicating really well you're doing that equivalent of our experience when we got to the hotel you're doing all of that in front mm-hmm. then you can focus maybe during that stay on you know what when does the trash need to go out or you know but because the guests are receptive to you by then they're going to listen to that sort of stuff um, and then of course after they've left you want to talk about reviews and maybe staying in touch with them and all that all that stuff as well so Tyan has a few more because of that mm-hmm. the one thing i would say is don't avoid the phone either so adrian johnson the seabreeze uh, property manager that i mentioned they do call and then they do it at scale you know they've got a lot of property so it's it's also possible to do that and not and, and this talks a little bit to stuff that we've spoken about before in terms of guest communication that each guest is different so not everybody wants to have a text or an email or a phone call, but there are some that do. And smattering in different forms of communication during that guest communication flow is important so that you do you do hit all those types. Just just as an example, I did, did talk about the the type of communication that people wanted in advance, but we also segment the the types of communication that people want by age group too. And it's quite interesting to see that too. So if, if you look at the report, you could possibly glean some things about the, the kind of profile that comes to stay with you and the way that they would prefer to receive mm-hmm. communications. You know, so it's not just about text or email, but we, we you know people like phone calls sometimes. There's the OTA app as well. So the younger generation were, were keen on the OTA app. So um, yeah, so so that, that's why I'd say so Italian does have like quite an elaborate communication <laughs> flow. But but the good news is the data says you don't have to go for 20 times <laughs> or 10 times. If you can just get to three to five, you're going to have a marked difference in the result. I'm going to take a short break just now to hear about our sponsor, Price Labs, directly from one of their clients. We're going to be right back with more from this great interview in just a few moments. I got into real estate through a strategy called house hacking where I lived in a property and I rented out the other rooms to live for free. That was my first exposure to real estate. So now uh, I have eight short-term rentals and we also have an in-house property management team. didn't have any sophistication around changing pricing for weekdays and weekends and 
different bundles and um, high season and low season. We were kind of just guessing. We're in an area that had a lot of events going on from time to time. And we realized quickly that using just Airbnb Airbnb for pricing or VRBO for pricing, it wasn't accurate. Uh, we were losing money by not being able to have a um, calendar that would update without us thinking about it. So we were just looking into different options, different ways that we could have better pricing. And we just did a demo with Price Labs. And Price Labs kind of became easy for us. We learned better ways to use it. I think the setup at the beginning is like the most probably important part. Like, um, because once you set it up properly at the beginning, it can really run pretty much without too much manual input. And in some areas, if you set it up properly at the beginning, it doesn't require much manual input at all after that. So I would say at the beginning, like we were doing multiple trainings. I think we even reached out to like Price Lab support. And we were doing like demos just to make sure that each property was set up the right way. Because for the most part, then after it's set up properly, there doesn't you don't have to tinker with it that much. I also felt like we were leaving money on the table. In general, things just became way more organized and I felt like we had a better handle. I also just don't like the feeling of losing money, even if I don't know how much it is. And I felt like that's significantly gone away. Thank you so much for that testimonial. It was great to hear how Price Labs is working so practically with their clients to help them achieve success. So let's go on right back now to our interview. I found it interesting that the report uncovered that communication influenced positive reviews because I've, I've been working on a course on getting better reviews. And so I've been looking at a lot of them. And it's so interesting how many mention in the very first sentence, communication, that the get the, the, the host, the manager had great communication prior to the state. And that really contributed to how they felt about it overall. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the bedrock of, of life, isn't it? Really? It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you don't, uh, <laughs> communication can result in so much trouble as well as so many good experiences depending on how good or bad you are at at it and and we all know that we've all we've all been in business we've all interacted with people and we know that very often misunderstandings come because we haven't communicated it clearly enough and uh, and the the vacation rental industry is no different is it and so 69 percent to your point 69 percent of them said that communications influenced their their likelihood to leave a positive review and that's just a nice way of us in getting that intuitive backing with the objective data, uh, but not a surprise because mm-hmm. of what I said. People, you know, if we get communication right, we are going to inherently result in a more likely, more guests who are more likely to, to leave that positive review. Um, you mentioned about how some guests like to be texted, some would like a phone call, some would like an email. But what about the general information that, that's being conveyed during the trip cycle, you know, from booking to post stay, how does this, and and you've touched on this briefly, how does it change at different times during the trip cycle and how should operators take that into account when they're looking at their communication flow? Yeah, so we've got good data in the report. So for example, things like activities and attractions, there's three in 10 people want to actually hear about that stuff straight away. So they're probably talking about the planners. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so not every guest is a planner, but those are the planners. But a further 25% want to receive information about activities and attractions at intervals during that post-booking to, to arrival stage. So between those two groups, you've got more than 50% of people who don't want to hear about activities and attractions late on in the stay. They want to have it early, and that makes sense. But then you can flip to grocery delivery, and the data is far less clear on that. You've got you've got segments wanting it at, at all times. In fact, you've got three in 10 people never wanting to have grocery delivery information. What does that say? Maybe that says that they've never actually experienced that, or maybe they've never had an experience where somebody has actually done a grocery delivery for them, and, and therefore they want it in the future. Things like access information, three in 10 guests want it one to two days before, 12% want it on arrival. Uh, 16% want it one week before. So within that whole segment, you've got over 50% of guests want their access information no later than one week before their stay. So those are the kind of things that the report also gives you, not just how often to communicate and what method to communicate, but what to communicate at the different times. And it's quite useful if you're, if you're sitting there and wondering, gee, you know, well, I wonder when I should be doing all of this stuff, is take a look at that and it will, it will give you some pointers. I stayed somewhere recently where the access information came 12 hours before and I was panicking because I was traveling and, you know, I was going to arrive in a strange country, head to this place and I had no arrival information because I, I couldn't access it during that period. So once, you know, I arrived and there was the information for me, but I was already, I'm this is a term that used to be used in our company, pre-soured, so that because I'd had this minor stressful and anxious period before the travel, because I didn't have this information to make me feel more comfortable about arriving and getting it, all the the way through the flight, I was thinking, am I going to get this when I arrive? Is it going to be there? Am Am I going to get there and find that my phone's not working <laughs> and something. Yeah. yeah, that pre-souring is a real thing. And we knew it for, you know, for, for, for 20 years as we run our property management company, we endeavoured all the time to remember uh, that people, travellers could be pre-soured just by the emission of something. Mm, it's interesting. I do actually interact with a lot of Touchday customers that want their access code hidden until the day of the stay and, and, the, and their logic is very clear they, they don't want those bad actor guests trying to get into the home at 10 a.m when they really shouldn't be in there until three or four o'clock that makes sense but the data is saying 12 percent want it on arrival which means that 88 percent want it before arrival so wh- who are you going to to devise your processes for the 12 percent or the 88 percent you're going to devise it for the 88 so give it to them in advance but you can still get over that it's about it's about setting the expectation isn't it that's the other part of communication is setting the expectation so there's nothing wrong with saying your access code is going to be on arrival but to your point if you tell me that and also then give me the instructions on how i use that code in advance so that when the code drops on the day i know what to do with it like i've seen the video on how to operate the keypad or i know where the lockbox is or whatever then you'll probably not well i certainly wouldn't stress as much because i know mm-hmm. That that guest who has communi- that host that has commu- has bothered to communicate to me in advance will follow through, and I can trust them to deliver me the information at the right time when I arrive. I'll have that sense of feeling they mm-hmm. are trustworthy, and I'll, I'll relax. So, I think that's what it's about. It's about listening to the to the to the survey. Eighty eight percent want it before, but then if you do want to hide it, 
you know, until that day, then what's going to happen and tell them how to use the code when they arrive. Yeah, and I think that, that, that you make a very good point. It's not it's not exactly the code, but it's how you do that access. I always remember your story about arriving at, uh, at a place in, in London, was it, in the blue box on London. the wall? Yeah. And arriving at night? Yeah, Tyan and I arrived um, into a residential London cobbled, old muse cobbled street, you know, very quintessential London. But we arrived there, gone midnight, I think it was like half 12 in the evening or something, and, and we had no clue where this where this key was. It was supposed to be in a lockbox to the right of the door. Well, there was no lockbox to the right of the door. And we were manoeuvring the car to shine the lights on the front door. And, of course, we had the engine running. And I think I was driving a Mini at that stage, and the Minis have like quite a growly sound to them. So <laughs> all these neighbours who were trying to sleep must have been like, what on earth? And that's probably not the first time they've heard that. But anyway, it was it was... It wasn't in a lockbox there. The lockbox was tucked away under a hatch to the right of the door, which, to be fair to the property manager, they did have a 24-hour service. And when we called them and we asked them, they told us exactly what to do. But that should have been a far easier experience. Yes. Yes, that's one. Uh, one, one I, I, you know, I remember yours. Certainly remember my feeling. So, so that's that's definitely something for people to take on board. I just want to come back to the question that started all this in the first place about being met. And mm-hmm. because I know there are still owners who, who are determined that their guests must be met and shown around, but your results are saying mm, this is not the case. Well, um, well, yes and no. I mean, I think, I think what it says is that the majority of people are wanting that self-checking. In other words, leave me to get on with my vacation. But th- it does leave three in 10 people who don't necessarily want that. So I think that there is still some ambiguity and that that's natural right you know you are going to have certain parts of your of your guest demographic wanting to be met rather than than mm-hmm. self-checking but if i think if you're in any doubt about you want to construct a, a communication flow and you want to keep it consistent then self-checking is probably the way to go but maybe what you want to do is see it in there that you are available should they need so put it on the guest to reply to you and go do you know what i would kind of like you to meet and greet me mm-hmm. so you don't have to make your process like only this way but you can probably lead them more to that, knowing that they can turn around and ask you if they need to. Yeah, ex- exactly. Okay, there's a, there's a lot of information in this report, and I and I do encourage everybody to um, go to the link on the website and take a look at the report. Take some time, sit and read it through. I have to say, Andy, the commentary that went with the report is very engaging and it kept me reading sometimes you can go through these things they're just so turgid and you think who did the writing of this but this report i found so interesting and the commentary was uh, was just as interesting well big shout out to kate there because kate kate was the one that wrote all those really great interpretive words you know data is one thing and i love data but if you're not great at looking at the numbers and deducing things the report gives you that in buckets you can literally get kate guiding you through what what it all means the link by the way touchday.com forward slash guest dash communication dash study so guest communication study with a dash between three words perfect and as i say it will be in the show notes as well um so you know having got this report what can you can you put in a nutshell what owners and managers could actually put into practical action straight away? Oh, I mean, I think the, the, the overriding one, the most compelling one for me is just to go, if you are one of those that's only communicating a couple of times, move up, mm-hmm. move up to three to five communications. If you're already at three to five communications and you're looking for marginal gains, head up, keep going, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm not saying they don't improve, they do. 
but it's just it's just not as noticeable as going from one or two to three to five. So I'd absolutely absolutely communicate more. We've been saying it for ages, but the guest data now says it. So it's not just us. <laughs> communicate more. And I would say do the right communication at the right time. So if you're going to communicate more, just think about some of those data results about when people want information, particularly that access information. You know, make sure you get that to them later in their stay, but not so late that they're panicking. Um, and look for those ups and opportunities as well. You know, it's, it, we haven't really covered that too much, but the report does talk about the money being able by people who are not communicating the opportunity for guests to buy stuff. So you know, check that out too. I talked to Derry Green recently uh, from the Secret Garden Glamping, and we had this we, we had a little discussion on there about communication and about upselling. And he was he was talking about his upsells, and you know one of them he has wood wood fired hot tubs for each of his glamping pods, and he charges extra for getting them all ready for the guest as they arrive. He sells marshmallow kits, you know, uh, s'mores kits, and there are other upsells. And he said without, you know, continuous communication with his guests, he wouldn't get this across um, Mm -hmm. what their options are, you know, and people want to plan ahead that, you know, you don't want to go for the morning of your vacation at the secret garden glamping and think, oh, you'll really like a hot tub tonight. And (laughs) then finally... That would be a big shame, wouldn't it? That would be... Too late, and particularly particularly when he's got a waiting list. I mean, he's 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 now booked out until two thousand and twenty five. So yeah, he's uh, yeah. He, he's got that upselling really nailed, and people are happy to pay extra for the things they want, and and if they don't want them, they don't need to have them charged. So it's it's definitely a a good area to be thinking about. Yeah, what other practical actions? increase the amount of communications what else can they do right now um what else can they do right now maybe pay attention to the mode of communication and we we have spoken a little bit about sms and email there but there are some other methods of communication in in the survey and there are also analysis of the the age group and the and their their desire to be communicated in different ways so if, if you know what your guest demographic is you can pretty quickly zoom in on the report and see not just how many more times to communicate and what to communicate, but also maybe the communication methods to use based on the demographic of your guests. Those are probably the three most important things I would say. It's the, the amount of times you communicate, i.e. more, the what you communicate when, and how you communicate it to them. And, and those things will be answered. There's lots of that kind of deduction stuff in the words too. You, know, you were talking about those those summary words. So later on in the report, where Kate spends quite a few pages on on interpreting, there's lots of these kind of nuggets about some of what I said, but but more besides too. Yes, yeah. And, I, and as you're, you're talking, I've just been scrolling through it because I'm just coming to up to my last question, which is on the last page of the report, which is about the opportunity. You call it the opportunity cost of not communicating and i think this is really important do you want to just talk us through that one yeah i mean it's like everything in life isn't it if you don't tell people stuff then they're not going to know are they Mm -hmm. so if you've only got one or two communications you're going to end up communicating the wrong stuff when you've got more opportunities to communicate then you've got more things that that you can you can tell them and if you're not utilizing that then you're leaving money on the table in the sense of well nobody associates communication or good communication with your brand they don't perceive you as necessarily a passionate host you're not showing that 
you could potentially book extra nights because you have availability and all these great things to see and do in the area. You're therefore not leaving that guest with a feeling that they could go and talk to their friends about this amazing stem. I mean, you talk about Derry at the Secret Garden glamping. I mean, talk about a guy that epitomizes the value of communication. Anyone wants to check him out, go to the Secret Garden glamping. It's a UK business and you'll instantly get a sense of it. Have a look at his social media, have a look at his website, have a look at his reviews. The guy does one heck of a job at being personal and communicating and that comes back. It, it comes back in, in reward. People talk about it. He gets nominated for being the best place to stay. You know, he's, and, and so that therein lies the, the cost of not communicating, that you miss all these opportunities to strengthen your business and to build a better future business too. Yeah. Um, so thank you. I encourage everybody to go and take a look at this report. I want to see how many people download the report after after this conversation, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> yeah, me too. I hope, I hope it's useful because we're going to do it again. And also, if people want to see different things, you know, tell us because we're not writing this just for our own benefit. We're mm-hmm. writing this to try and be valuable. That was the point of writing it in the first place. If you remember, it's to try and define really what guest experience is and what guests want to enable meaningful change. So if there are things that you'd like to know, please do tell us because we, we want to iterate the report to be more valuable well it it, it, certainly i i I can see the value in it and throughout it all we haven't talked about digital guides we haven't talked about touch day so i want to give you the opportunity to now now to share with whoever might be out there who's not heard of touch day but (laughs) (laughs) to uh, to learn a little bit more about you yeah, oh, I mean, I'm humble enough to know that, that we're still a little business, so there are still going to be loads of people that haven't heard about us. But to those of you who don't know, <laughs> it's just a way for you to document all the things that you want your guests to know. So if you still have a paper binder in the coffee table or, or you've got page six missing because the guest walked out, you know, stop doing that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I don't really have to say that too often, but I still do say it because I think there's some people that still do have it. But it's a digital version of that. But it's so much more than that. You know, when you've got a digital product, some of these things about communicating you can do and you can sequence your communications so that when it gets, when the guest gets your text, it has a link to the guidebook where you're asking them or you're telling them that particular thing you want to tell them, like the access instructions, maybe as a link to the guidebook where there's a video on how to operate the keypad. So those kind of things. We've done some some cool extra stuff now. So you can you can get your guests to leave you a first impression when they arrive. Brian Chesky put out a tweet, I think, yesterday or the day before talking about that gap that happens that expectation gap between what happens when i arrive at an airbnb is it going to be quite what i expect and we're not solving that but we're certainly enabling the guest to tell you straight away if there's a problem through a first impressions rating which enables you then to act on it and get in front of it again it's all about communication um yeah, I mean, I could wish her on all day about Touchday, but I won't. It gets a bit boring. But go, go to touchday.com and have a look and, and try us out if you haven't yet already. And I will put the link to touchday.com on the show notes as well. Easy enough to remember, though. Much better than vacationrentalformula.com, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure, as ever, talking to you. I'll look forward to seeing you at a, at a conference at some time in the future. Yes, that seems to be the times that we're able to get together very briefly, cross paths in in Orlando. Didn't have anywhere near enough time. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's always the way, isn't it? But um, but yeah, I love being on these on these Heather. Um, I can't remember how many I've been on over the years, but yeah, I, I just love being on them, having having a good chat, and um, hopefully in the process, imparting some some perspective and some wise or not, depending on. Well, I think there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of wisdom yeah. in there, and thank you to to you and to the Touch Day team for the amount of work you put into this. It's going to be of huge value to people, so um, I hope you will all go check it out. So thank Excellent. you, Andy. Thank you, Heather. Thanks. See ya. Well, thank you so much, Andy McNulty. Always an absolute pleasure to get together and have a good chat. So it seems that I may have been way ahead of the times all those years ago, but I didn't quite have the following then that I do now because I clearly wasn't getting my message across then. And back then, I guess most guests simply wanted just to have a place to stay. Anyway, they weren't expecting hosts to help them have a great experience outside of the accommodation. But now it's a piece of the hospitality framework. The really successful operators know that to get ahead of their competition, they need to deliver more in the way of help to their guests. They need to be perceptive to their needs, read between the lines in communication and jump in where they're most needed. So the results of the survey are interesting and above all else, it makes for a really good read. So go to the address in the show notes and download the report. Touchday have done a really good job at collecting the data, analysing it, and I know that was quite a task, and then providing plenty of suggestions for what you can do to up your game when communicating with your guests. I'd love to hear if you're already doing this and if it's working for you. I'm going to post in the Facebook group, so if you wish, join in the discussion there. And if you haven't come across the Facebook group yet, it's the Business of Short-Term Rental and Property Management. And if you haven't brought your tickets to the Vacation Rental Women's Summit and the DARM Conference in Nashville in December, go check them out too in the links that I've put on the show notes. Both conferences are going to be stellar. The speakers are amazing. The educational content's going to be super interesting. And I'd love to meet you there. So that's it for another week. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you. It was a great pleasure to talk to Andy. And I really hoped you enjoyed that conversation. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Price Labs, and their dynamic pricing and revenue management tools. Click the link in the description of this episode for more information. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.